0: I'm telling you, the light would work better if it pointed out to sea. Dar, shut up. I know what I'm doing. Dar, I
1: hate the sea and everything in it.
0: Welcome to Welcome to Storybrooke. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're getting pretty deep into Book 6.
1: Well, yeah, we are. But at the same time, and I hate to say this because I'm really excited to talk about this episode, and I really want Ursula to be given a really great episode, but this felt like a lot of wheels spinning.
0: Oh, and that's only going to get worse. It doesn't bother me here because, again, I like Ursula, and it's a good... You know what this feels like?
1: What does this feel like?
0: A Monster of the Week episode.
1: With Ursula as the monster? Sort of, yeah. It's a a fairy tale of the week episode, like we used to have in season one.
0: Yeah, where it does contribute to the overarching plot, but not really in a way that advances that plot very much.
1: Sure. But this is not season one. This is season four, episode 16, Poor Unfortunate Souls, or...
0: Or book six, uh, Cheaper by the Coven. And we are about to lose the Jonathan from our trio.
1: You think Ursula is Jonathan? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Ursula's Jonathan. Uh Corella's Warren. Definitely. And uh, Maleficent is Andrew. Okay, it's
1: not fair to make anyone be Andrew.
0: But it's Maleficent. She's blonde. She's super gay, and she's the only one who sticks around, sort of.
1: Oh fuck! That works. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it.
0: The previously on reminds us that Henry found a picture of a door in the book.
1: A portentous door.
0: is going undercover with the trio and Rumpelstiltskin.
1: Which I still don't understand. Like... Th- She's the natural
0: choice, though. I mean, I know you suggested Emma, but they really would have no reason to trust Emma.
1: Oh, you misunderstand my objection. All right. There's no justice in Storybook. What kind of evidence do you need? Just kick them all out.
0: Oh yeah, that's a pretty good point. Well Scarlet must be so pissed this whole episode. They threw him in jail for breaking into the library and cuddling a book.
1: Now to be fair, does he really know what's even going on in the rest of town? He's pretty busy boning Belle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. And you
0: know what? Good for Belle.
1: You know, I actually have some stuff I like about Belle this episode.
0: Weirdly enough, this is, I think, the most healthy relationship we've seen in this show. And it's all her giving him giant pieces of cake and then having sex with him.
1: I mean, she just gave him that cake once.
0: It was a really big piece of cake, though.
1: They're definitely having lots of sex, though.
0: So, the opening image is Ursula.
1: Okay, it is. And can I say that Ursula has... Can can we talk about Ursula's tentacles?
0: She has more than the two now.
1: Well, but she only has three.
0: They're getting there.
1: <laughs> and also, she we won't see her have three in the episode. She'll only have two in the episode. When really, I was thinking about it, she should have four. Mm. Like, we can assume her arms and legs are tentacles. And then she should have four more, right?
0: Okay, yeah, I can see that. She does reference having eight limbs later in the episode. Right? So, we open in the past... On Hook's pirating vessel.
1: The the good fuck?
0: Yes, the good fuck.
1: The Jolly Roger.
0: Uh, When suddenly we're reminded of the fact that Hook used to work for Peter Pan delivering food to Neverland.
1: Yeah, he brought sweets from the real world to Neverland. Pan had enchanted his boat so it could go between realms. And he could go out, he could return to the Enchanted Forest so he could get sweets to bring back to the Lost Boys, because someday Pan was going to tell him how to defeat the Dark One.
0: Okay, was this just an extra dick move on Pan's part? Because we know he controlled reality in the island and could make food.
1: Yes, but also because we needed Hook to be in the Enchanted Forest for this bit.
0: Yeah, and it needs to take place around the time when he probably wouldn't have been. Maybe?
1: Well, I mean...
0: How Okay, so it needed to take place when he was being a villain but Mila wasn't around and after that he was in Neverland basically.
1: Yes, exactly. But also part of him being in Neverland was he didn't age. So he must not have made these journeys often.
0: I guess or immortality stuck around the ship when he uh... It's
1: like it's like a death servant in in Discworld? A- Albert. How he has just a few minutes left on his timer and whenever he leaves the underworld he like spends a couple of his minutes mm. hook ages a couple of minutes every time he leaves neverland i'm he... just i'm just saying in a hundred years he couldn't have been making that many voyages
0: he's chastising smee for eating some of the uh sweets they're bringing over which
1: do... well, it's just it's just an excuse for him to give exposition about what they're carrying and why
0: mm Yes, so Smee's doing a good job then.
1: Yes, Smee is providing the opportunity for exposition.
0: But this exposition is interrupted by what is almost but not quite uh, Ariel's generic song from Little Mermaid.
1: Uh, That one?
0: Yeah. The weird thing is, it's really, really close to that. Like, it sounds like it's going to go into that, but then it kind of changes near the end.
1: Well, that has to have been a deliberate choice. It's not like they couldn't license it.
0: Exactly. Like they own that song.
1: Well and also, as we'll discuss in this episode, they're gonna make good use of Fathoms Below. So they definitely could have. I think they are specifically distinguishing between the mermaid that is making this music and Ariel.
0: But the... It's so
1: funny, you know, um Jody Benson is so amazing. Jody Benson who voices Ariel in the cartoon.
0: Mm-hmm. Fun fact, she also voiced Aqua girl in Batman Beyond, which was, you know, a little winky nod thing there.
1: I do love that. Anyway, she's great. She probably is one of the best singing voices of any of the Disney princesses. Mm. So when I was checking out Little Mermaid 3, Ariel's beginning, I thought, oh, Jodie Benson's song will probably be good. It is not. I am here to tell you, it is not.
0: Although her voice is...
1: Her voice is still good. The song is just terrible.
0: Yeah, it's...
1: Nothing against Jodie Benson.
0: Yeah, not to not to throw Paige O'Hare under the bus, but if you listen to any of the Beauty and the Beast midquills, you can tell that she's spent much of her time smoking.
1: Oh, or doing something. interesting.
0: Yeah, her voice is definitely different as Belle now.
1: Maybe she just decided she didn't want to bring it for a movie that was about...
0: Evil Tim Curry piano?
1: Okay, you make it sound cool when you describe it that way. But yes.
0: Hey, Bernadette Peters is in that movie. I can make that movie sound so much cooler than it is.
1: God damn! why isn't that movie amazing?
0: It's about Bernadette Peters as a uh, haunted angel fighting tim curry an evil pipe organ and it is the worst thing ever god
1: damn it oh Oh, anyway also
0: there's another midquel which is i think one of those ones where you know how disney used to do that thing where they'd attempt to do a tv series and if it wouldn't get off the ground
1: they would just smash four of the episodes together into a movie yeah yes
0: they did that with atlantis which I didn't really like the original Atlantis movie. Did you see it?
1: I did. I like the original Atlantis movie. Or Stargate the cartoon.
0: It pissed me off that, okay, this is a diversion, but it is on point what? because uh, Hook's ship is about to crash. And that has to do with my big issue with uh, with the Atlantis movie, which is that Milo gets hundreds of people killed and doesn't seem to care about it.
1: No. way! survive seems to care about it it's a huge problem
0: yeah yeah and these are supposed to be we're supposed to be like haha it's so funny the french guy's a mole and making fart noises or whatever and it's like yeah hundreds of people died we saw hundreds of people die like why are we supposed to care about comic relief I'm sorry, Atlantis pisses me off. And I know it was Disney trying to do a more adult thing.
1: No, no, I understand that part pissing you off. Absolutely. I, I like other parts of it, though.
0: I like Kida. Well, of course. I think Kida should have got, because Cree Summers is amazing, and she should have got her own movie.
1: Well, just the character design alone is incredible. I mean, oh. Now, I know this was a diversion, and a diversion on top of a diversion, mm. but bringing up The Little Mermaid 3 Ariel's beginning is actually very relevant.
0: Yeah, this episode cribs heavily from that, which...
1: Is weird?
0: It's a very odd choice because... Okay, so I don't know how familiar you you are with Disney sequels, but they're generally not good.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a reason straight to video is a phrase and not a flattering one. And the, or I guess I guess as the kids are calling it, direct to DVD. Or the, what's the what's the streaming version of that? Sp- Netflix only.
0: I guess, yeah. But the third Little Mermaid movie, a you can't be three and a prequel. That's not how numbers work. Eh.
1: Wait, wait, wait! But isn't the greatest Disney straight to video movie Cinderella three, which is a prequel except with time travel?
0: Uh, that's what I was about to say. It's not a prequel. It does take place during the events of the original movie, but it starts after and in, and it involves time travel.
1: I, I'm a sucker for any time travel story. Anyway, I think you were about to tell them the plot of The Little Mermaid 3 Ariel's beginning.
0: It's footloose underwater with singing instead of dancing.
1: But also it's the plot of this episode, so you don't have to. It's literally everything that happens in this episode. It's no stakes,
0: the thing, because... Oh no, Triton's not letting Ariel sing. How is this going to resolve itself, the prequel to a movie that starts with Triton throwing a concert where Ariel's going to sing?
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean... But that's a problem that all prequels have. I think you're just supposed to enjoy the ride. Just, like, enjoy a well-told story. I meant in general, not with that movie in specific.
0: Ah. I think the main thing prequels are for is for ruining source material. Uh, I mean, they're... Are there, is there a good prequel?
1: Um, I I kind of like Wet Hot American Summer The First Day.
0: Mm. I feel like you can do a good prequel if it doesn't involve any of the characters from the original.
1: Wet Hot American Summer The First Day is all of the same characters played by all the same actors 15 years later.
0: Yes. I think that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them did the right thing to do if you're doing a prequel. It doesn't involve any of the main characters, but it does take place in the same universe. It sets up things that are going to happen in the main story, but not things that are central to the main story. And it doesn't shrink the universe, which is the big thing that prequels do.
1: Well, I don't think that's a big thing prequels do. I think that's definitely something that happens in, I don't know, random example, the Star Wars prequels.
0: Mm. Hey, did you know that everyone knew each other? Anyway. Anyway, once upon a time. So, we hear the sweet, sweet siren song, and all of Hook's crew is transfixed. But then it stops, and Hook's like, oh, wait, rocks sailing towards them. Bad.
1: Oh, wait, that was a mermaid, and our ship is totally going to sink. Because remember, kids, mermaids don't just show up and have legs and be Daryl, Hannah, and hot. Sometimes they drag sailors to their deaths.
0: But this little mermaid was like... I don't need to kill people.
1: She actually realized she didn't want to. She doesn't want to kill anymore. She doesn't want to use her voice as a weapon. Mm. And her father is not pleased that she doesn't want to use her voice as a weapon.
0: Hi, Ernie Hudson.
1: Yeah. Hey,
0: we have two black characters, and the death clock is not going to go off at all.
1: Not only that, but keeping with the theme of this season, they're both going to get their happy endings.
0: Which weird right i mean good it's about time once upon a time got around to actually giving a black character a happy ending i think the closest we've got so far was rapunzel i mean after being locked in a tower for x amount of years for no reason finally got to see her parents after she got her brother killed sure which okay uh, yeah
1: anyway Ursula doesn't want to sing and lure sailors to their death, but her father...
0: Poseidon.
1: Yes. Her father, not Triton, but Poseidon...
0: Played by Ernie Hudson.
1: ...will only let her use her voice to kill pirates ever since her mother, who loved to sing, was killed by pirates. It's not exactly the plot of Ariel the Beginning, because in Ariel the Beginning, she's just forbidden from singing. She doesn't have to sing sailors to their deaths.
0: Yeah, See, turns out Ariel's mom used to be super into going to the surface and singing for sailors, and then someone ran her over.
1: Yeah, they didn't even kill her on purpose, they just crashed into her with the boat and crushed her on some rocks.
0: Yeah, so Triton outlawed singing, and this is the same thing, except instead of Triton outlawing singing, it's Poseidon getting his daughter to use her voice to lure sailors to their deaths. As vengeance for his murdered wife. He's like Batman. He's like a very specific take on Batman.
1: Maybe a little bit. Anyway, they do an exact recreation of the scene from The Little Mermaid. As long as you live in my ocean, you live by my rules. So that we understand that this is a retelling of The Little Mermaid. Even though this is not Ariel, but Ursula. Mm. Um. Quick question, Max.
0: Yes?
1: So... We've already seen The Little Mermaid story, right? Correct. And in The Little Mermaid story, the part of Ursula was played by a disguised Regina, right? Correct. So, what exactly, and maybe this is my fault for not asking this sooner this season, what exactly did Ursula do that makes her a villain?
0: I'm shrugging as hard as I can. Uh... We're gonna get her villain origin this episode, but honest to God, it really doesn't seem like she's done anything worse than any of the main characters on this show.
1: I mean, okay, yeah, true. At the end of this episode, at the end of her flashback, she'll give a a and-now-I-am-a-villain speech, but then we have no knowledge of what she does between that and her showing up in New York City.
0: We know she hung around with... Cruella and Maleficent, and I guess kidnapped Belle, but honest to God, she's-
1: Who hasn't kidnapped Belle?
0: She has less on-screen villainy on her resume than Belle, who, I will remind you, shoved Anna off a cliff so she could get a memory necklace so she could remember how her, uh-
1: How her mother was killed by orcs in front of her?
0: Yes. I'm sorry, ogres, and it was a memory rock.
1: I think we need a memory rock. I think we blotted that whole scene out of our heads because it's dumb.
0: Yes, but Ursula really hasn't done that much on-screen villain stuff. Again, she's mostly been standing around in the background.
1: I mean, she threatens people with her tentacles, but if you had tentacles, who wouldn't, right?
0: And not to throw out the David murders people a lot card, but she's definitely murdered less people than David. Heck, at this point, she's murdered less people than Snow. So Ursula's dad is like, yeah, you can only use your voice to kill people. Get on the murdering people uh, train. And then he waterproofs away and she looks sadly into the distance. This is young Ursula. Uh,
1: yes, played by a different actress.
0: Played by a different actress who, in what I think is a good uh, casting, does sort of call visually back to the uh, actress that they have playing Ariel on the show. Not a ton, but they do look like they could be related.
1: Interesting. Um, And you bring that up because Ariel is Ursula's niece. Yes. Because Ursula is sisters with King Triton uh, in the Disney movie.
0: In the Disney movie, as confirmed by the musical, uh, Ursula was Triton's sister.
1: Now, is this confirmed in Once Upon a Time? I don't remember.
0: See, the thing is, I don't feel like it's directly confirmed, but Ursula's dad is Poseidon. Poseidon is Triton's father. Yes. So logically, it tracks that Ariel would still be Ursula's niece in this continuity.
1: Yeah, later in the episode, Ursula turns herself into a Cecilia.
0: Or octopus person.
1: And then does vow to become evil. So it would make sense that the throne would bypass her and go to her brother, her unseen brother, Triton. So it all tracks really well. Honestly, this whole episode shows a real genuine love for Disney minutiae in a way that other episodes of Once Upon a Time really don't.
0: Granted, Poseidon does not refer to Ariel as his granddaughter, but rather as a mermaid. But you gotta figure, he has a ton of grandchildren.
1: Sure, yeah. The Ursula stuff in this episode is so good, I think I would like it so much more if it was more of this episode. Speaking of... Back in Storybrooke,
0: uh, August is getting intensely interrogated.
1: Yeah, they're questioning him because they think he knows where the author is because, as you'll recall, he altered the book. And they threaten him with a really tiny knife. And Regina's like, that's not a knife. And then she pops a fireball and he starts singing like a bird to mix all of my metaphors.
0: At first I was, well, I wasn't feeling bad for August because August is the worst, but I like how condescending he's being towards the villains here. So the sorcerer and the author are different people, which we know.
1: And he he tells them that he found out about the author when he went looking for the dragon which we saw back in season three. Was that season three?
0: Uh, That was actually season two because it was tomorrow.
1: Oh, okay. Season two. So that's when he found out about the author and Hey, August, thanks for reminding us of how cool this show could have been if it had followed up on any of that stuff.
0: He mentions that the dragon was also looking into the author. And after the dragon died, we'll come back to that in like two seasons after the dragon died. August stole his research and decided to do his own investigation into the author.
1: Okay, that actually makes total sense. Because August was trying to find a way to alter the book, which we know he did. And also, last episode, Regina got his satchel full of stuff, which included his investigation notes about the author. So actually, they're they're being pretty good about keeping track of everything here.
0: I'm saying is August had a lot of irons in the fire, Like, he was trying to break the curse. When when was he like, okay, but I'm going to come up with all of this extra shit in case it comes up later.
1: See, August is Deus Ex Real Boy. He can show up whenever they need something to have happened in the past in the real world. Because he was in the real world for his entire life, more Um, or less.
0: Yeah, we're actually going to see more of that later, too.
1: Right, so when they need someone to have known about what was going on with the author in the real world, oh. August knows. So Rumpel is like, all right, well, we've got five more stages of our plan. And Regina's like, want to fill me in? And they're like, no, because you're a narc who literally just showed up yesterday. You stay here with the puppet and we'll go do our evilness.
0: And Regina's like, fine, fuck you. I'm just going to stare into this fire. And we start seeing mystical-looking smoke coming out of the fire.
1: It's Okay, this is actually pretty cool.
0: This is the overshadowing spell. We mentioned it a couple of times back in Season uh, 3. And this is one of the more useful spells we basically never see.
1: Okay, but that makes sense, because I imagine the overshadowing spell is really creepy to cast. Oh, yeah. It's
0: pretty dark-seeming magic, but it is also really cool. Now, we go from Regina starting the overshadowing spell
1: we see the smoke going up through the chimney
0: and we cut to the main group who finally finally they're they're looking for regina remember she dropped uh, her blackberry with the tracking chip and emma suggests hey why don't we just use a tracking spell you know that
1: that super useful thing we know how to do and nobody ever does yeah
0: locator spells they're a thing
1: But then before they can do the super useful thing, the smoke comes barreling down on them, engulfs Mary Margaret.
0: Who's wearing an unusually stylish and flattering red jacket.
1: Well, she has to be because you know Regina wouldn't inhabit the body of anyone wearing the crap she usually wears.
0: Yeah. So the smoke engulfs Mary Margaret, and when it dissipates, Regina is talking out of her like she's some sort of meat puppet.
1: Oh, look, puppets are a theme this episode.
0: Wow, good going.
1: It was really disconcerting to hear Regina's voice coming out of Mary Margaret, by the way. I did not like it.
0: They did a really good job lip syncing it, though.
1: It's very, yeah, good job, Jennifer Goodwin. It's very, it's very well... Sunk? Sunk.
0: But she tells them, August is fine, but he's a full-ass grown man again, and Rumpel's back in town and there's like a billion more parts to this plan but they don't super trust me yet gotta go bye
1: yeah which is good they need to know that and they immediately go to gold's shop to get the dagger from bell and bell's like i don't I, i don't have the dagger i gave it to hook last night
0: and hook's like yeah no that that super didn't happen
1: and then Emma has to explain the obvious to everyone, which is, okay, well, clearly that was Rumple in disguise, stealing the fucking dagger from you.
0: Yeah, you'd think this wasn't a thing that happened all the time.
1: Well, I actually kind of like this here, because Belle, does, Belle has this line where she's like, Even when I thought he couldn't deceive me, he found a way to deceive me again. Which, yeah, of course he could. That's, that's, that's what manipulators and abusers do. But I think Emily DeRaven, who plays Belle, has a, has a firmer grasp on this whole lacy-in-the-background subplot. Because she has a look on her face like, that's what attracts her to him. The fact that he can't be beaten. Even though the lines don't lend themselves to that interpretation, that's the look that Emily DeRaven is giving it. In fact, can I just say, there's a lot of really great face journeys in this episode. Like, right now, like currently what I ship is...
0: Lacey Rumple.
1: I was going to say, like, Belle and my theory about Lacey. Mm. That's, that's my ship right now. My theory about Lacey. And I just like that this seems to indicate to me that the actress is on board with it. Like, in Friends, when Lisa Kudrow and Matt LeBlanc wanted there to be a plot line that their characters were having sex just casually as friends, so they played it that way in the background of a lot of scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It never became canonical, but if you shipped them, you could totally watch the shows, you could totally watch episodes and see it.
0: So, Hook says that they should have driven that dagger into Rumple's evil heart when they had the chance.
1: And then Emma says, oh, but then you would have been the dark one.
0: And he's like, that's a small price to pay for foreshadowing, foreshadowing, foreshadowing.
1: we are doing a lot of then-you-would-have-been-the-dark-one foreshadowing in this episode. They'll do it again later.
0: But Hook, meant, Hook brings up the fact that he has a past with Ursula, and he could totally exploit that to find out what Rumpel's up to, because he has the secret to her happy ending.
1: Yep. Yep. And he tells Emma that he can return it to her because he's the one who took it in the first place. Uh, he did he very much did
0: he very yeah he very much did and we're going to discuss the context of that when it comes up but i would say that her dad is also fairly to blame for this oh
1: yeah he's not a good person either
0: there's plenty of blame to go around
1: i guess i just really blame hook because he also took my happy ending because how cool would a show about a mermaid and a pirate on a ship just sailing around pirating be
0: I have to believe that that exists in fiction out there somewhere. That has to be a thing.
1: Ooh, if that does exist, please tweet me a link to that show. Or, or book. Or book. Or...
0: Comic. Podcast. Whatever, me- whatever medium it appears in. So, back at the torture cabin, Regina pulls out her ripped up and taped back together picture of her making out with Robin.
1: And she says, this appeared in the bag of someone very important to me. And August goes, Robin Hood? we Are talking about Robin Hood? Because, as gross as this might sound, August is us right here. And he's (laughs) so sick about hearing the fucking Robin Hood story.
0: He mentions that the boy might not have had his memories, but he has the boy's... That makes sense. Don't refer to yourself as the boy. That was you as a kid. I don't refer to myself as the boy when I'm talking about my childhood.
1: Yeah, that would be creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But his childhood was like yesterday.
0: Okay. Is this a murder?
1: Yes. Uh, no. Yes? I don't know. Because Maybe? it was
0: definitely a murder when adult August was turned into child Pinocchio because it's... adult August stopped existing. All of the things that made him a person were gone.
1: Except not because he remembers everything now that he's an adult again. Yeah. In fact, in fact, the fact that he remembers everything now that he's an adult makes me think that what would have happened if he had not been turned back into August is that as he grew, he would have slowly remembered what he had been doing in that time until eventually he was an adult with two sets of memories.
0: Hmm. God, this show could be so much more interesting than it is.
1: Um. But no, this is not murder because they didn't rob years from him. And they didn't rob memories or experiences from him.
0: Heck, they added. Yeah. Because we were talking as though uh, the Blue Fairy had killed August. Because she said that that part of him was gone.
1: I mean, if we assume that his memories and everything that made him him was gone, then yes, she did kill him. Except, you know, I do believe in a soul. So, I, I think that something that was fundamentally him... Remained so murder is less clear there. I mean, if someone was in a car accident and lost their memories and never got them back, you wouldn't say that they had died in that car accident.
0: Well, a part of them did. You would say a part of him died in that car accident.
1: I don't know if I would say that. I don't think I would say that.
0: Well, you're obviously less melodramatic than I am.
1: (laughs) Speaking of melodramatic... Hook is standing in the middle of the woods, blowing on a conch shell to summon Ursula.
0: Like a douchebag.
1: And then he does the thing where he says out loud, where is that infernal creature? Specifically so that she can be behind him and hear him and grab him in one of her tentacles. Now...
0: She's a lot more pissed at him than the... The last time we saw her interact with him was when she had the flirty, hey, Captain...
1: Well that's because they still wanted to play up like maybe they'd had sex and not like he completely betrayed and attacked her.
0: Yeah, so now she's like, Hey, I just remembered our backstory and I'm gonna strangle you to death.
1: But while she does that, she's wearing an amazing purple scaled coat. Mm. So yeah.
0: Yeah, this is a good look for Ursula.
1: Yeah, her outfit is um her outfit is purple and fake leather and um amazing.
0: Yeah. So Hook tells her that he can return her happy ending and all he wants in exchange is information about what Rumple's up to.
1: And she's like, you still have it? He's like, yeah, duh, of course. And then we cut from that to young Ursula as a human working in a tavern and singing a really pretty slow melodic version of Fathoms Below. It's so beautiful that I'm going to play it as our outro song, even though we don't usually do things like play the song that's in the episode as our outro. Although there's not been songs in the episode. And oh my god, you better believe that when we get to the musical episode, I'm going to play Regina's song as our out, as our outro.
0: It's so bad be- Is it even a song, really? It's more her talking angrily while something... I can't even say while well, music plays in the background. While well, somebody is angrily attacking instruments in the background. God, I love it it. it. it somehow fails to have a melody. How can a song not have a melody?
1: It's amelodic. It's questioning your idea of what a song could be.
0: Oh, God. Ugh.
1: Anyway, Hook is like, hey, I know your voice. You're the mermaid who failed to kill us.
0: And but, she's like, I'm the mermaid who chose not to kill you.
1: And he's like, then I better buy you a drink. And then she tells him her backstory, which we already know.
0: Yeah, her mom got squished by a ship, so her dad made her use her singing voice, which is exactly like her mom's. In The Little Mermaid 3, Ariel's Beginning, the reason Triton bans music from under the ocean is because Ariel's voice reminds him of his dead wife, Athena. Athena.
1: Anyway, this Ursula also tells Hook that she stole the bracelet that lets her turn into a human, similar to the bracelet that Ariel has. In the present. But not actually that bracelet, which is a nice touch because that means Ursula can have it, but so can but, Ariel. Right, but Ariel can have her own. Now, I.
0: I do have issues with this premise. Ursula is talking about how she can transform at will from a mermaid to. A human person with this bracelet, and she's trying to earn enough money by singing in this crappy tavern to make her way over to her mother's favorite seaport, where she'll spend the rest of her time singing and, you know, making money like that.
1: Is your problem that she could have just surfaced at that seaport instead of here? Yeah. Or that she could take off the bracelet and swim there right now?
0: Yeah. Like, it would make sense if it was on land far away, but...
1: But then Hook wouldn't be able to take her there!
0: Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: yes, yeah, not well thought out. Anyway, back in storybook, Hook is telling Ursula that her treasure, the key to her happy ending, is on his ship, the Jolly Roger, which he doesn't have anymore. So he needs her to open a portal to the Jolly Roger.
0: He asked her if she could still open portals or if that was an ability she lost when she went from mermaid to. Uh...
1: He calls her the monster she's become.
0: She's just a different kind of person, dude.
1: I thought that that was supposed to be deeper and meant, like, her and her human form was monstrous. But that would make more sense if we'd seen her do literally any bad thing.
0: Honest to God, holding Belle hostage barely counts.
1: And also, Hook can't really make a big thing about that because, you know, he doesn't exactly have the best track record with Belle.
0: He shot her and he punched her unconscious. Okay, so... In order to open a portal to the Jolly Roger, she's going to need something from the Jolly Roger. And Hook's like, I've got something, so I don't know why you needed that.
1: Well, actually, I assumed he has a piece of the rigging. And I assumed that when he had that, it was because he took it when he sold the Jolly Roger, knowing that eventually he would use magic to get it back.
0: I guess it just seems like an unnecessary plot thing, because she could just open the portal and get the thing back.
1: Yeah. I guess they don't want to make mermaids. I don't think they want to make mermaids too magical.
0: This is why Ariel can't be a regular member of the cast. Because part of this show is built on how hard it is to travel between worlds. And mermaids can do it all willy-nilly.
1: Yeah. That's why they're going to get rid of Ursula at the end of this episode.
0: Yeah. And she talks about how she hasn't touched the ocean since she was banished to this world.
1: Okay. Couple of questions. Mm Mm-hmm. In what way was she banished? Because she can still open portals between realms, so it was probably purely a political banishment and not an actual physical banishment, right?
0: Well, no, because she couldn't do magic in the world without magic. Except for whatever magic stopped her from aging for like 30 years. Huh. So this would be the first time she would have been able to open a portal. Since Storybrooke is the place, as the, I don't know, oasis of magic in the real world.
1: Huh. Because see, we don't actually know what got her sent to our world, or how she came to the world without magic. Yet. Do we find out later?
0: She, she, she
1: totally forgot that. Completely forgot that.
0: Yeah, she and Corella both fell through that portal.
1: But 100% gone from my memory. Ah. Okay, never mind then. I'm just going to cut all this out. Okay. So it sounds like I know what I'm talking about.
0: So Ursula opens the portal and Hook's like, what happened? Nothing happened. Where's my ship? And she's like, looks like Brainiac got it.
1: Yeah, it's teeny tiny ship in a bottle.
0: Yep. That was a, uh, for you non-comic people, that was a Bottle City of Candor reference. Superman's. Uh...
1: Which is weird because the Bottle City of Candor is a take on ships in a bottle, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. So back in Once Upon a Time,
0: Uh, Hook leaves the bar. He's promised to take Ursula to the seaport where her mother used to like to sing, but instead he gets kidnapped by Atlantica guards. I know the- Atlantean. I guess it still would be Atlantean. Yeah. Because remember, in Disney canon, it's not Atlantis, it's Atlantica. I don't know why. It just is. But I guess they would still be Atlantean guards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
0: Uh, The guards throw a hood over Hook's head and drag him to Poseidon, who's just standing on his boat.
1: Yeah. And Poseidon's like, guess what you're not doing? You're not taking my daughter on this ship tomorrow. And Hook's like, yeah, it's not really up to you, old man. Which is really gutsy, considering you're a pirate and he's god of the sea. It's like, Hook, have you even read The Odyssey? Yeah,
0: historically, pissing off Poseidon has not gone well for sailors.
1: Right? But, you know, good job, Hook. For, you know, now.
0: Hmm. So, Poseidon enchants a seashell, and he's like, Okay, here's what you're gonna do. You're going to use the seashell to steal her reason for being on land. Her singing voice. Not her voice, her singing voice. Yeah. Once she doesn't have her singing voice, she'll be forced to come back to the ocean with me. And Hook's like, yeah, fuck you, dude. I'm going to let her do whatever she wants. I have no horse in this fight.
1: And besides, like, what if I give you something that can defeat Rumpelstiltskin? And I actually kind of like that they tied it all together. And he's like, I will give you squid ink. The thing which we have consistently remembered exists and stops Rumpelstiltskin.
0: Albeit temporarily, but still. Yes. Yeah, Hook doesn't need to know that.
1: (laughs) And I did like the Poseidon's thing with the stealing her voice was do this so that she understands that humans are awful. Like, Poseidon's plan isn't the worst plan.
0: He is not being a good dad right now, though.
1: Oh, no, he's being a terrible dad. But his plan, I think, is for Ursula to not know that he's the one who started this plan. Yeah. And then she'll be like, Dad, you were right. Pirates are awful. Let's like kill she's... them all.
0: Like, she's not going to notice that it's sea magic that Hook's using.
1: Right? Like, I'm with his magic seashell. But, you know, the rough draft of the plan isn't bad. Just all the details.
0: So, Hook brings Ursula to Bell's shop so he can talk to Will Scarlet, who's apparently the Hank Pym of this show, in that he is the one you go to when you have problems with shrinkage.
1: Yeah, no. Be-
0: because Hook's ship is—I don't know if we actually mentioned this before we went off it was on in Brainiac. A yeah, it. His Ursula did manage to teleport his ship over, but it is tiny and in a bottle.
1: And Hook's all like, "Don't make fun of the size of a pirate ship."
0: And Ursula's like, "Nope, I'm going full on on this dong metaphor here. And I'm You've like, got a small dick, and you should feel bad about that."
1: And I'm like, "Oh, Hook, it's not the size of the ship; it's the motion of the ocean." Also, no one should feel bad about the size of their penis. That's like completely irrelevant in sexual pleasure.
0: Yeah, it's if you're upset about having a small penis, that you should be upset about having no imagination. I love what a condescending asshole Will Scarlet's being here.
1: But before Will Scarlet is a condescending asshole, Belle says to Hook, "How do I know it's really you?" And Hook's like, "You should have been worried about that yesterday."
0: <laughs> he says it's because I haven't killed Will. And Will Salt, but Rumpel was pretending to be you yesterday and he didn't kill me at all. And Hook's like, hey, shut up.
1: Actually, Will doesn't realize that, but yeah, he really should. Anyway, Will Scarlet's like, yeah, I'm from Wonderland. I can make things that are a little big.
0: Meanwhile, as Will is making Hook's ship grow, Regina is wandering through the woods when suddenly, hey, it's Crodman Dune and his flaming sword of fire. Yep. Yeah. It's Robin.
1: Robin Hood just shows up in the woods and is like, hey, I like you. Let's smash our faces together.
0: Let's go rat hole to rat hole.
1: And then the evil queen Regina shows up and is like, yeah, no, this is fucking dumb. I'm going to fire blast everyone.
0: Foreshadowing?
1: No, that was definitely foreshadowing. Anyway, Regina wakes up and, oh, it was all dream. And then Maleficent says, If you're having trouble sleeping, I have something that can help with that. Damn! Because Maleficent is amazing.
0: Uh, she's her, so good.
1: That's her only line this episode. Which is weird and sad, but, you know.
0: Well, it's because Ursula's leaving, so someone needs to take her place as the person who just stands there and doesn't really do anything.
1: I guess that's true.
0: So, Rumple apparently went to the fairies and stole. A potion that can reverse any spell the fairies cast? Sure. Why not?
1: Yeah. Anyway, he's going to use this to torture August.
0: Okay, who's ready for body horror?
1: Okay, it's actually... Yeah. I, I wrote body horror in my notes, or I would have if I were still taking notes. Um, because he forces the potion down August's throat... Then his, like, face stretches, and he slowly turns to wood from, like, the toes up. And it's horrifying, but then they show it just a little too long, and it becomes hilarious. The CGI Uh, can't quite keep up with the body horror. I don't know. I found
0: it real creepy.
1: Oh, I mean, creepy, yes, but like it stops being scary, especially when they have him blink. It's like, oh no!
0: Just like half a second too long, yeah.
1: It went from it went from horrifying to funny, and yeah, like you said, half a second.
0: So we cut to Mary Margaret, David, and Emma walking around and about town, well, about the woods. Now Mary Margaret says, "I wonder how Hook's doing with uh, Ursula," and David says. I wonder if Ursula's turned him yet. And
1: Emma's all,
0: is that something we're worried about? Like, Jesus fucking Christ, David, let someone have a redemption arc.
1: And then they're like, well, you heard what he said about how he would have stabbed Mr. Gold. And Emma's like, Mr. Gold killed his fucking wife. Of course he would have killed him. I would kill him.
0: And then David and Mary Margaret are like, oh, no, did we throw that baby into a death pit for nothing? Is Emma turning evil?
1: I'm I'm so mad at them. It's like, yeah, when someone kills your true... Oh, you know what? Okay, never mind. I just, like, told on myself. Because I was going to say, it's like they don't understand that when someone kills your true love, you get angry at them. But that's kind of exactly what started this show, isn't it? Mm. That Snow White doesn't understand that when you go around killing people's true loves get a little testy about it.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, back in the murder cabin, August is made out of wood until he's not...
1: Yeah, they only had enough budget for him to be made out of wood for, like, ten seconds.
0: They were saving it for the body horror we're going to get later in this
1: episode. Anyway, Oh my god, right? Yeah, because he's back to his human form now, but it turns out that one of the after effects of the potion... Is that his nose is still going to grow when he tells a lie.
0: Yeah, it reactivates the part of the original spell that makes his nose grow when, when he lies. Now, so now they have a built-in lie detector. Here's a question. Why don't they just rip out his heart and then order him to tell them what they want to know?
1: Uh, it wouldn't be as visually interesting as the nose-growing thing.
0: Okay, I want to take a short break here and sort of circle back to DC for a little bit. Okay. Alright, so I was kind of bummed when I started watching The Flash, because they have a list of people who died in the Accelerator explosion, and one of them was Ralph Dibney, who is the elongated man. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, stretchy Mr. Fantastic powers. But... His thing was he used to be in a uh, he used to be in a comic with his wife Sue Dibney. and the thing was they were like sort of a reference to a series of movies about an old married de- uh, about a married detective and his wife who go around to like different places in Europe solving mysteries. Nick and Nora. Hmm. Yes. So I I really love their old series. Like it's super cute. It's just about this couple who really loves each other and they go around solving mysteries. So I was kind of bummed when they killed him off, off screen, when they had him on the list of people who who died. Yeah. They apparently brought him back for the new season of The Flash. I'm behind on The Flash. I'm probably not going to get caught up. I was thinking about watching it, but there is a thing that Ralph does. Uh, It's his signature character tick. When a mystery, when he senses a mystery is afloat, his nose twitches.
1: Like Samantha Stevens in Bewitched?
0: Yeah, except it, like, grows kind of long and twitches.
1: Oh, because he's elongated. Okay, go ahead. Because
0: he's the elongated man. He stretches. And it's, like, kind of a cute thing in the comics because, you know, it's...
1: Oh, yeah, that's going to be, like, real, real body horror in real life.
0: As we see in this episode, because August says he doesn't know anything about the author and his nose grows, and I'm like, huh, I guess I'm not going to watch that episode about the elongated man that The Flash is doing because that's creepy and gross.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, makes sense. Anyway, they use this built-in lie detector
0: to learn that he knows something about the author.
1: Yes. He knows that the sorcerer trapped the author behind a door and that Regina knows about it because she has the page with the door on it and then Regina has to, like, hustle to keep her undercover bona fides and is like, I don't know, there was a bunch of shit in his bag. I gave it to Henry. But, you know, they're satisfied. He doesn't know where the door is. But it is in Storybrooke. Mm.
0: He doesn't do the sort of double speak you would try to do to avoid having your nose grow.
1: Really, does he not?
0: I guess he does a little bit. He says he doesn't know where the door is.
1: Yeah, I feel like that is enough double speak. And I think it didn't even need to be clever double speak because he's confident they're not going to pick up on what the deal is with the door, which is a genuinely revealing twist that we get at the end of this episode.
0: I actually forgot about it. And I was like, wow, that's actually really clever.
1: It's genuinely cool. It's a genuinely cool idea.
0: Yeah. And I do love how all of the villains turn to Regina and they're like, you had this giant clue as to where the author was the whole time and you didn't do anything with it. And she's like, it was, in, it was an illustration in a book Henry has. I didn't think about it that hard.
1: I like that Regina's able to pull off the, like, my plan is to throw fire at things until I get answers. I don't read. <laughs> Even though that's really not who she is anymore, she's still able to play it up.
0: August says that that's all he knows, and since his nose didn't grow anymore, they're like, oh, okay, well, we're done with you. And... God, I am really grossed out by looking at his nose. Like, they really need to stop having that be a thing immediately.
1: Yeah, it's horrifying. Anyway, I'm sorry,
0: Ralph Dibney. You're you're awesome in comics, but some things belong drawn.
1: Anyway, Rumpel is going to go to the Sorcerer's Mansion and start his search for the door there. And Regina offers to stay behind with the hostage, but Rumpel points out she's the only person who's actually seen the book page, so she needs to go with him to the Sorcerer's Mansion. So now... August is alone with Cruella. By the way, did none of them notice or care that Ursula just took off to have this adventure with Hook? Like, no one knows or cares where Ursula is.
0: Yeah, Ursula said that she was going to get a breath of fresh air like an hour ago and just hasn't shown back up.
1: Yep, that's exactly what happened. Wait, she's on the docks with Hook. And she's got the distilled mushroom oil thing...
0: Will apparently has an oil distilled from Wonderland's finest mushrooms. She drops it- Oh my
1: god. She drops it on- I just realized, Will Scarlet is walking around with a vial of distilled growing potion?
0: Yes, he is. He's a man that you would like to know.
1: Yes, he is. Like- we are not going to circle back around to that, are we? Nope. Okay.
0: Honestly, that would have been a really good that scene from uh, Civil War if they had a big badge and Will just was like, oh, yeah, I can turn giant. Stomp.
1: <laughs> I think it would be great if this show had comedic after credits scenes where things happen, like uh, kind of like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Stuff that just doesn't get addressed in the show.
0: So, Hook tells her to be careful as she's applying it to his ship, because he doesn't want it to get all deviant art in here.
1: Yeah, he doesn't want her to become a giant squid person.
0: Now, okay. Alternate joke, he doesn't want it to be all the end of Descendants 2 in here.
1: Okay, that's just crazy talk, because the end of Descendants 2 is amazing.
0: Hook sort of just tosses the bottle with his growing ship into the water.
1: Well yeah, you don't want to be holding it while it's growing?
0: You don't but I feel like you don't want to be like flinging it.
1: I mean I was worried that it would land upside down and then that would be a whole thing. it's true. but if you set it da- if you just set it down next to the dock, it's gonna grow like into the dock and knock everything over.
0: Mm. Well, luckily this all managed to work out because like magic or whatever. Yeah. I mean, literally magic. It's So his ship is perfectly fine and not in a giant bottle.
1: I, was, I thought it was going to be in a giant bottle and it was going to be super cool, but I guess they used all their CGI on August body horror.
0: So they cut from Hook walking onto his ship in the current modern times. They contrast that with him walking onto his ship in the past times where his crew is... Merrily doing their job while Ursula sings.
1: And Ursula is still singing her melodic version of Fathoms Below. I know I keep saying slow melodic version because it's already a slow melodic song, but like even slower.
0: Mm. Although with one significant lyric change.
1: Yes. In Fathoms Below, in The Little Mermaid, the lyric is, Triton is king and his merpeople sing. But here, Ursula sings, Poseidon is king and his merpeople sing.
0: So we're assuming at some point between this and the Little Mermaid story we see, Poseidon has retired from being king of the sea and let his son take over?
1: Yeah, that's let's go with that. He's abdicated. I just want to let everyone know that when Ursula sang Poseidon is king and his more people sing, I had to confirm that the actual original lyrics are Triton is king. So I went to the original Little Mermaid movie, and this verse is not in that movie. So I went to the Little Mermaid musical. So I've listened to a lot of the Little Mermaid today to confirm this one very tiny fact that flies by super fast.
0: Mm. But on the upside, Little Mermaid has a boss soundtrack. It
1: really does.
0: So Hook reconsiders the evil plan. He goes up to Ursula with the seashell, and she's like, oh, that's the seashell that... that," And she's like, that's the the seashell that steals people's singing voices. (laughs) I know it's a tongue twister. (laughs) She sells seashells that steal people's singing voices.
1: Oh. Anyway, Hook tells her, yeah, your dad gave this to me to steal your voice, because, spoiler alert, your dad's kind of a dick. But I'm not going to do that. Plan B, you go steal the squid ink. I sail you wherever you want to go. I kill the dark one. And then we like sail around the world being awesome pirates together. She's like, I want that show, Max.
0: Yeah. She's like, yeah,
1: that
0: works for me. Sounds good.
1: Anyway, that's the plan. And then we cut back to modern day Jolly Roger
0: Where Hook is smelling his ship.
1: Well, he's excited to be back inside of it. Yeah. Anyway, he goes to his safe, and it turns out that the key to his safe is on the backside of his hook, which... That just
0: raises further questions.
1: Dumb! Also, we've seen his hook taken off before, and it's never been like that.
0: So, he's like, you know the deal, I hand you back this uh, thing with your voice in it, and you tell me everything... I need to know about you know
1: Mr. Gold's real plan.
0: She tries to do that thing from The Little Mermaid where the singing voice comes out as this sort of yellow green ethereal light, and
1: And she like breathes it back in, but she can't. It like won't go back inside of her.
0: Yeah, and she's like, "Well, that didn't work." So deals off, and he's like, "That's not how deals work." Yeah that that wasn't our deal, and he pulls a gun on her.
1: Not cool. Not cool, Hook. Luckily, she is a squid person and she grabs the gun out of his hand with one tentacle and is like, I have eight limbs.
0: You You have have one limb. Do the fucking math, bro.
1: And then we like smash cut from that to her dropping him off the edge of the ship, which, by the way, a little weird. She assumes he's going to drown. They're not that far from shore, and he knows how to swim, right? I think he's supposed
0: to be unconscious. He's very limp.
1: Yeah, he is supposed to be unconscious. I guess I just assumed falling in the water would wake you up.
0: But hey, it's time for Ariel's once-a-season cameo.
1: Yeah, a little more than a cameo here.
0: Yeah, she has a brief role.
1: Yeah, she shows up to fill us in on what she's been up to.
0: Yeah, she throws Hook onto uh, the boat. She's like, how are you feeling? He's like, pretty good. And she's like, pow! Pow! Right in the kisser.
1: Yeah, she's like, remember back in our plot when you threw Blackbeard off of the ship when he was right about to tell me how to get to Eric? I had to go save his skeezy ass so I could find out where Eric is.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Elsa's not on the show anymore. But guess what ice magic can also do, apparently?
1: Shrink down ships and contain them inside of bottles?
0: Yep, because apparently when Elsa found out that Blackbeard tried to entomb her sister alive and then drown her she's like not cool and she shrunk the ship and put it in a bottle and ariel somehow got trapped in there too
1: yes because she was like in the water next to the ship so she like got sucked into the bottle
0: i guess we know why blackbeard and his crew aren't weren't on the ship when hook uh
1: yeah ariel went all the lure on them and killed them
0: yep well she had to eat something in there
1: okay here's the thing though Ariel doesn't say that Elsa did this. Ariel says the Queen of Arendelle did this. Hmm. Just throwing that out there.
0: So she asks why Ursula threw him overboard, and he's like, I made a promise to her I can deliver, and Ariel rolls her eyes. Why don't we get more Ariel on this show?
1: Because she's show-breaking, because she could fix everything all the time. Hmm. They've
0: got about a half dozen characters who are pretty show-breaking.
1: Yeah, and they hardly ever show up. Mm. Anyway, we go back to the flashback where Ursula's just on the Jolly Roger with the squidding. That all happened off screen because it was super easy for her to go steal the squidding from her dad.
0: Who shows up and all of the pirates draw swords on him. And he's like, do you not know the king of the ocean thing? The god of the ocean thing. They
1: know, they're just brave. Or
0: stupid.
1: Same thing. Poseidon takes the the squid ink and crushes it and is like, now you don't get your revenge, so ha ha ha.
0: And Hook's like, hey, you know the thing I do when I'm going up against incredibly powerful men that I have no chance of fighting?
1: You mean the thing where he attacks women associated with them instead of actually them in a very creepy and I-do-not-like-it-at-all manner?
0: Yeah, he's like, I can't hurt you, but I can hurt your daughter. And he sucks away Ursula's voice.
1: Yeah... So not cool.
0: Yeah, it's real shadows of when he shot Belle to hurt Rumple. It's
1: not okay, Hook. Not okay. The only thing that makes it okay is that he is currently in the process of redeeming himself for this terrible thing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So Ursula-
1: She squeezes his arm at the end, so we know they're cool.
0: <laughs> so Ursula goes all Madeline Pryor. She's like, I know both of you had plans for me, but no, fuck it. Everyone involved in this is terrible. I'm burning the ocean down.
1: Yeah, as she should. Ooh, another show I would like. Just Ursula being an evil villain all the time because all of the men in her life are terrible.
0: So Poseidon turns to Hook and he's like, Oh, you are 50 flavors of dead. And Hook's like, yeah, no. See, I got your daughter's singing voice and I know that it's the last uh, link you have to your dead wife. So if you try to kill me, I'm going to break it. And then you're going to lose your daughter forever. Yeah. And also you'll have no reminders of your dead wife. And I know how much that sucks, so meh nah, meh. Nah. And that works. Yeah, sounds like, fine, I guess I'll go stop my daughter from burning down the ocean. Anyway. Let's see how that works out for him.
1: Anyway, back in the present.
0: The Charmings and Emma all converge on the torture cabin.
1: Yes, where Cruella is all alone. And she pulls a gun on Emma, who's trying to free August. And
0: Mary Margaret hits uh, Corella in the head with a frying pan, which I feel like might be a Tangled reference.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't like it.
0: Eh, it's a it's an attempt to give Mary Margaret something cool to do.
1: Here's the thing: I like it when kitchen implements are used for murder. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it when like the domestic is made deadly. And the way that it's kind of presented as a democratization of of violence, because it's uh, because it's a weapon that's accessible to women who otherwise don't have access to weapons. Mm-hmm. But Snow is a bandit queen; she should have a sword.
0: Also, I don't get why there was a frying pan there. I'm
1: sure there's a frying pan in the kitchen
0: of this cat of this one room cabin.
1: I'm sure there's like a little stove.
0: Why didn't she have a different weapon? She know she knew what they were doing. I mean, why does she carry around arrows when she can't kill anyone? Yeah. I mean, I guess she does the thing where she just pins people to walls. But also, you know, it's I know it's not because it's TV, but you know, it's generally pretty deadly. Hitting someone over the head hard enough to knock them unconscious with a heavy piece of metal,
1: cast iron. Yeah. Have you ever held a cast iron pan?
0: I have. They're heavy. Corella's skull has
1: definitely been crushed. Also, they hold seasoning for, like, ever, so everything that Rumpel cooks from now on is going to taste like blood. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's a pro. I don't know.
0: Emma and August have a... I guess it's a nice little reunion scene. I feel like the show forgot that they weren't actually romantically involved at any point.
1: Yeah, they do make, like, sexy eyes at each other.
0: And... Ugh, david smiles at them approvingly which blarf uh, my big question with this is did they think that date that august took her on was an actual date it wasn't it was just an excuse for him to give her exposition back in season one like they weren't oh, romantically yeah involved.
1: i think they do think that
0: anyway ursula shows up and she's like hey suckers and uh emma's like where's hook and she's like oh super dead I know I didn't watch him drown, but I threw him into the water and no one can survive being thrown into water.
1: Then she wraps her tentacle around Mary Margaret's neck. Which, I'll be honest, is pretty awesome.
0: And she's like, yeah, if I see you doing any of your savior magic, she's going to need gills. Which, as you pointed out at the time...
1: That's not how gills work! Gills don't let you survive being strangled! Anyway, back in the flashback... Ursula is, like, sitting on the edge of her pool being all upset because of everything that happened. And her dad tries to, like, make peace with her.
0: And she's like, no, you fucked me over. My voice was the last connection I had to my dead mother. And you you took that from me. And he's like, well, I didn't take it from you. The pirate took it from you. And she's like, you both did. And then she takes...
1: She takes his trident and she uses it on herself to make herself Ursula, the Ursula we know with tentacles instead of a tail. And then she's like, now I'm more powerful than you and I'm going to fuck everything up.
0: It appears your machines have limits, Sinister. And I don't. (laughs) Although this, I just need to throw this out there, is also the plot of the second Little Mermaid movie.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. Because, but that's with, with Ursula's sister.
0: With Ursula's sister who needs Ariel's daughter to steal the trident so she can blah, blah, queen of the ocean.
1: Now, when we were watching it, you were questioning why having tentacles made her so powerful. But I think it's because she did it with the trident. I think she took power from the trident as well.
0: Yeah, I I get that impression, too. Like, she transferred Poseidon's deity-ness to herself
1: she did say you named me after the sea goddess
0: of old
1: so that's what i'm going to become so yeah she turned herself into the sea goddess ursula essentially
0: yeah she got a power upgrade so back in the present ursula's like yeah i'm not gonna get my happy ending without the author i've discovered that and you know so fuck all y'all
1: yeah and then hook shows up and she's like oh my god i totally thought i killed you
0: and he's like You're really bad at murdering people because you're not a villain. I know why the voice didn't go into the, uh... Why you couldn't get your voice to return to you. It's because you weren't the one who created the shell. This guy did. And hey, look!
1: Yeah, it's her dad. Her dad shows up and he says that Ariel went and fetched him.
0: He describes her as a young mermaid. She's his granddaughter.
1: I mean, we we declare.
0: Yeah, I guess he... I guess he didn't want to complicate up the plot anymore by mentioning that.
1: Or maybe he has a million granddaughters. I just read... Uh, I just started reading The Merry Spinster by Daniel Ortberg. And his version of The Little Mermaid Tale has, has the King of the Sea having so many daughters that he doesn't even know them all.
0: I want to read that when you're done with it. Oh my god, it's
1: so good and terrifying as well. Good and terrifying.
0: So... Her dad shows up and he's like, yeah, the, uh, you know, Ariel told me I should show up here. And I don't care that you're super evil now. I feel really bad about what I did. So I'm giving you your voice back. Don't feel obligated to not be super evil anymore. If that's what you choose. I just want to make up for that horrible thing I did to you.
1: That's the way you make amends. You show up. You make amends, no expectations, you get the fuck out. Yeah,
0: and he's like, okay, now that I've returned your voice to you, I'm going to leave. I'm going to let you be you. And she's like, no, you know what? I've just realized, whatever. I miss you. I don't, I'm really not that into this evil thing. Let's just go rule the sea together.
1: And then the two of them get to go off and have their happy ending together. It's... Great. I'm so glad Ursula got a happy ending.
0: Yeah, she's the only person who deserves one in this show.
1: And you know what? I'm not upset that we're done with Ursula either. And I think that's because she actually got a full arc with a happy ending. Unlike, say, Sleeping Beauty and Philip.
0: Yeah, they just got dropped. It was like, oh, and she's pregnant and we're not in the show anymore.
1: Alright, then this, the this scene happens with Hook and Emma.
0: Where Hook's like, well, Ursula got her happy ending, but remember... We haven't addressed the fact that I'm a villain and I'm not going to get mine. And you're my happy ending, Emma. So something bad's going to happen to you because that's what happened.
1: Okay, help me out here. Is it just because I'm aromantic that I find this scene super skin-crawly? Or is it, like, normal to find it skin-crawly?
0: I found it creepy too, but I, I don't know. I feel like it's intended to be romantic and... I can see that being romantic, but I also find it very off-putting when people tie their entire identities to a single other person.
1: Okay, I definitely don't like that, but I also don't like the thing where she's like, wait, so you think you found your happy ending? What is it? it? Me? Yeah, no, I hate it. I hate it so much.
0: And then they slow kiss and I die a little inside. I mean, they're fine. It's fine. We're fine. All fine. So meanwhile, uh, Regina, Maleficent, and Rumple have checked literally every door in the Sorcerer's Mansion.
1: Yeah, off screen, we didn't see any of that. We just see them coming back from the mansion and being like, well, that didn't work. And Cruella shows up and is like, yeah, the good guys showed up and busted August out.
0: And. Rumpel's like you had one job, and she's like, and I also have dog controlling breath. What was I supposed to do?
1: Yeah, it's not like she could have just shot them. Mm. Mm. Cross says it's not my fault. There was a mole in the organization, and I know who it was. And then the camera pans ominously to Regina, and Corilla is like, Ursula, the person who's been gone all day.
0: Yeah. So that that was a gimme for Regina,
1: right? She's like, yeah, she circumvented us to get her happy ending on her own, that bitch.
0: So I would say, doesn't this prove that you can get your happy ending without the author if you're a villain, except Ursula wasn't really a villain at any point? That we've seen. That we've seen. She could have killed lots of people off screen. So Ursula's on the docks with Hook and her dad. And as her dad walks into the ocean, she turns her into Hook and she's like, okay, you know what? A deal's a deal. So the author can't just change people's endings around willy-nilly in this world what he needs is
1: it's really dumb okay what's happening right now is really dumb but just like buckle up go along with it enjoy the ride it's like the plot on a roller coaster you know like how universal studios tries to give their roller coasters plots don't worry about the plot is just enjoy the roller coaster
0: this is the end of season five of charmed in order to change the balance between good and evil, you need to do something that will shift that balance. In order to give villains a happy ending, he uh, Rumpel needs to corrupt the biggest source of good on the show, okay, but the savior.
1: Okay, but it's not about the balance between good and evil. It's that in this world, the savior has more control over the plot than the author does.
0: Well, it's because the savior broke the story, so if if the savior is corrupted to be evil, then evil people... Like, the happy endings follow the savior. She's the one who brings the happy endings, so if you make her evil, then evil people will get happy endings. Right, right. now, she's good, so good people get happy endings. Whatever. Just
1: enjoy the loop-de-loops. Don't worry about it.
0: The plot of this season is going to be Siltskin trying to turn Emma dark, even though David and Mary-Margaret made sure that she wouldn't become evil by throwing a baby into a deathbed. So, Regina goes back to the char apartment where he's hanging out with his moms. There is a cute little scene with Emma and Regina here, where Regina talks about needing her help with a dream she had about Robin Hood. Hood.
1: Yeah, she tells her the dream, and... Emma's like, okay, that's like really easy. Psych 101, you're worried about your evil past.
0: And Regina's like, no, no. See, I get the feeling that. I get the feeling that it wasn't about. The evil queen didn't represent my evil past. She was trying to stop me from hurting Robin.
1: Yeah. Actually, I like this because. I really don't think the writers knew what was going on at this point as far as what's going on with Robin right now. But the idea that that was not a vision of her evil self being evil, but rather her trying to protect Robin and she envisions her evil side as the part of her that's strong. Yes. And he is in fact in danger right now. So, so it all tracks.
0: Yeah. So she asks Emma to find Robin in the world without magic. Didn't they give him a cell phone? You'd think they'd give him a cell phone.
1: They probably told him not to contact them.
0: I'm just thinking, neither him nor Maid Marian had any memories of the real world. They probably could have used a helping hand.
1: They're so lucky they survived out there. Yeah,
0: I was about to say, how are they not both dead right now?
1: Well, we know how.
0: Yeah. So august is sort of semi-conscious on the couch and regina's like so do you actually know anything about this door And he's like yeah i i said the door is in henry's book
1: yeah it's not a picture of the door the picture is the door the author is trapped in the book
0: and it's That was a genuinely good twist.
1: That is a good ending. That, you know what? Once upon a time, that's a good enough ending to go out on.
0: You earned it. Okay, so this was definitely a wheel spinning episode.
1: You wouldn't know it from how long we talked about it, but that's because the Ursula stuff was so good that it merited delving into, even though time-wise it was less than half the episode. Yeah. Most of the episode was just torturing August and then finding out what August knows which is very very little and also David and Mary Margaret exchanging looks about the baby death pit but not bringing up the baby death pit because are we finally going to find out about that next week?
0: God only knows. I mean, I guess we could know if we looked into it, but God only knows. So I I still I would stand by this episode. I think it was I think the Ursula plot was strong enough to carry the puppet torture plot.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, That's not to say I wish the ratio hadn't been different, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a decent episode.
0: Yeah, I would even go so far as to say it was good. I wasn't actively resenting it.
1: So let's talk about things that were taken directly from Disney movies.
0: Okay, we have the voice-stealing seashell.
1: Yes, we have the part where Poseidon literally gives the same lines to Ursula that Triton gives to Ariel.
0: We have songs. Well, we have a song. From partially from the movie and partially from the musical.
1: Fathoms Below. hmm And the entire plot of The Little Mermaid 3, Ariel's Beginning, mm. where her mother was killed by a pirate, just as Ursula's mother was killed by a pirate.
0: Though she was smooshed by one.
1: Well, I mean, he doesn't say how she died.
0: Yeah, I guess a pirate ship could have accidentally ran over her.
1: Well, she was trying to save a music box. I don't think there are any other direct references.
0: Uh, well, there was Pinocchio's nose growing.
1: Oh, of course. The body horror.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I think that was about it.
1: All right. So, fashion corner.
0: Fashion corner. Okay.
1: Villains bringing it this week.
0: Yeah, it's very subtle, but Maleficent is wearing a slightly different take on her initial civilian outfit. She's got sort of a darker coat, and she's got this vest with black buttons I liked a
1: lot. I didn't notice that. I did notice Cruella was wearing... A wide-legged black pant and uh, a sleeveless black shirt with a wide black belt that looked amazing. Her like... fur
0: coat's, like, all white now. I know you were bothered by it being mostly black before, but she's changed it.
1: I know. I don't know if that just means she has many, many fur coats or if it's changing the longer she's in Storybook. Also, she has these amazing uh, jangly bracelets and lots of uh, flapper, flapper-inspired necklaces
0: uh mary margaret was wearing a very nice red coat which i don't think is something she's ever owned before
1: yeah and uh of course ursula's purple leather jacket with a purple leather scale looking jacket was a thing to behold yeah yeah
0: lots of good fashion and uh i guess i think that's about it for this episode so good one this week
1: yeah this show is partially listener supported If you would like to become one of our patrons, you can find our Patreon link at our website, ilovetelevisionzines.com. You can also find past episodes. We'd like to thank our $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Cassidy, Alec, Alex, Alicia, and Ryan.
0: If you'd like to support the show in other ways, please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It helps other people find the show.
1: If you want to talk about this episode, head over to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash I Love Television Zines.
0: If you have a question or comment, send us an email at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or tweet at us at I
1: So until next week, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Storybook. The tale of the, of the school, And
0: it's hay to the Let a mermaid be waiting for you in mysterious fathoms below.